Oh, it feels, it feels beyond amazing to open up the Piyasetsna again. If you can open up to page 32. 32. We're about to start Ot Yud Gimel right now. And if we, I know we haven't learned from inside this Sefer, good morning, brother. We haven't, learned, we haven't learned from inside this Sefer in quite a, quite a while, about three months. Because during the month of Tammuz, we were learning about Mitzvah's Avas Yisrael. And during the month of Elul, we were, uh, you know, the end, Av we weren't learning. During the month of Elul, we were learning about um, Hashkata. We were learning a lot of Piyasetzner. We were learning a lot of Piyasetzner. A lot of, a lot of different, different pieces from the Piyasetzner. But this piece is just like, is just, um, I, don't even know what, I don't even know what to say anymore about what I'm feeling about the Ish Kredesh, but about... The tzaddik, the piyasetznes, chesed, and Elenu. They just finished a few minutes ago in Woodmere, dancing with Karduner and Rav Weinberger late last night. The biggest piyasetznes gathering, I think, probably in the world. And we're going to make it even bigger. They're going to have to come and join us. Guys, tomorrow night, 8 o'clock at Toby's, the piyasetznes yard site. We're revamping our Monday night learning to starting with the piyasetznes yard site. So learning Bichlal in the week of his yard site is very special. I started, learn, I started reading right now a, a dissertation, that basically a thesis that was written by Rabbi Tzvi Leshem from the Rimon. Do you ever see this? He wrote his thesis, his doctorate, on the Piyasetzner Rebbe's uh, uh, world. Anyway, everything seems to be leading to the tzaddik of the Piyasetzner Rebbe. I think that the work that we did in Elul regarding Hashkata, I think that that's going to be very, very helpful to continue learning and understanding the Sefer B'nai Machshavatova. When I was reviewing a little bit what we had done, what we're going to be doing today, I realized that Mamash Hashkata seems to be this, this concept of quieting the thoughts together with the art of the act of visualization is key to really understand what the Rebbe is speaking at over here. So just quickly, I'm just going to quickly, because we don't have that much time, you know, quickly just go over what was. What we were learning was the concept of Mesiris Nefesh. What the Piyasetz Nerebi was driving us to get to, specifically towards Kriyachma, was how much you're willing to be Mose your nefesh for Hashem. And once a person, when he covers his eyes and, he's re- and he understands how much he's willing to mamish give his life for the oneness of God, of, for Hashem's name, then the Torah can then say, Ve'ahavta. Why? Because it's the easiest thing in the world to tune into Ahavas Hashem once you realize how much you really do love Hashem. So from the outside, if I don't realize how much I'm willing to give my life for HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and then the Torah says, Ve'ahavta, I look at it like this. Go and love God. This is a commandment to go do it. And then I have that whole problem with understanding how can I be commanded to love something. But when the arousal of Mesirut Nefesh, of how much I'm willing to give my soul for HaKadosh Baruch Hu, is very clear to me, then saying Ve'ahavta means nothing. Meaning, it means everything, but it's, it's like nothing. Yeah. Because could mean simply, this is what's going to happen. Or, or, this is what's happening right now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But very yeah. It's like, you want to understand what you're feeling right now? Ve'ahavta. Just like, you're loving. You just, didn't, you just didn't know that's what it is, you know? Like the moment you realize you're in love, oh, that's what it is. Right? That's what it is. Anyway. Um, sorry, let me just... Help this over here. All right, great. 
So we were discussing that the soul needs to be nourished in this world. How does a soul nourish in this world? Through realizing how much mysterious nefesh it's willing to undergo. That's the soul's fulfillment in this world. Not how, much, how spiritual do you feel necessarily, but how much you're willing to have mysterious nefesh for Hashem. That is how the soul is fulfilled. We know how the body is fulfilled, but the soul's fulfillment in this world is based upon how much it realizes it's ready to mamish give its life for Hashem, or whatever level of mysterious nefesh it is. For many of you, for some of us, I don't know right now, this is mysterious nefesh, this extra few minutes. Or having to, to listen to my voice continuously. It could be Messias Nefesh for some people. It's okay. It's for me too, it's Messias Nefesh. But you know, for my children, it's definitely Messias Nefesh. But the, to the extent of the Messias Nefesh that I'm aware of, that's how much my soul is nourished and fulfilled. Now, what else did the Piyasetz Nerebbe tell us to do in order to, to, to be attuned with the concept of how much Messias Nefesh we had? There was one very harsh two harsh visualizations that he already led us through in the past. It's just like months ago already. One was visualizing your own death. Your own funeral. Yeah, your own funeral. And hearing your children screaming and crying and you have nothing you could do at that moment. That was, that was one of the most intense classes we had. Um, what was another one? To imagine yourself going into a Fire. furnace, right? Yeah. Going to the furnace. You remember this? Thing? So the, the Rebbe has already, no, what's, what's crazy is that I, I actually found that when the Sefer was written. We were, we, were trying, we were discussing this for a long time. The Sefer was written before the war, this, meaning 19, I think it was 1928. And the, not that things were peachy and everything was already, oh, 1928, you know, you're in Poland, 1928, everything was just, you know, what were they talking about? For, it was still, you could smell the anti-Semitism everywhere. It's just people maybe didn't speak about it as loud as they did in your face in 19, you know, with, when did it really go nuts? No, but even, even before that. Even before. Right, 38 was when it was like, oh my God, right? But, but 33, 34, like we were learning in the Rav Kook Shir, in 33 reports are coming back to Yushalayim about what the Germans are planning on doing. 28, you could still smell this something, but here he's talking about imagining going into, going into furnaces because he, the, the, maybe the Rebbe's and this is what I've been learning about, is that what the Rebbe, what the people, when I say the Rebbe in this year, always know we're talking about the PSS, like we're planning this common, the What the Rebbe is, was very aware of was the descent of, of Hasidus, of, of where it was in the time of the Baal Shem Tov, in terms of a Hasid's mysterious nefesh, and what was happening already at the turn of the 20th, 20th century, and how far it was from what probably was originally the plan in the beginning. And the Rebbe addresses this all the time. And maybe one of the reasons why he's discussing these visualizations and the need that you have to be in tune with how much mysterious nefesh you have is because maybe things were just, no one felt a need to, to be in touch with their mysterious nefesh. Simple. And guess what? We're the same situation. Are we in, are we in, are we in tune with how much mysterious nefesh we have to have for the Torah, for Hashem, for Yiddishkeit? Or only when, you're, only when your child's 15 and you catch them smoking on Shabbos for the first time. Chas v'shalom. So we, we do this way before. The Rebbe is saying, I'm not waiting until we, Germans are going to throw us into furnaces so you realize how much mysterious nefesh you have. The point of the chevra, of the bnei mach of the chevraya kadisha is to motivate each other 
to realize that that inyan of mysterious nefesh is already chai v'kayam within each and every one of us. And that's, the Rebbe describes the nourishment of the neshama, of the soul. That's, what the, that's, when, that's when you feel less empty and lost in this world. All right? So that's a brief recap of what we did, how we ended off the last few shirim a few months ago. Now, we don't have that much time today because the woman shears at 9.30. But we'll do it. We'll, we'll, just, we'll just start it, Bezrat Hashem. And we're going full on Piyasetzna now till Hanukkah like, like we've never done before. Okay, I'm just putting it out there. This is where it's at. Tom, you give the... Pr- <laughs> okay, let's go. Ot Yud Gimel. Page 32. Okay. I want the learning to be for the Rufu Shlema of Yosef Abbas Chayalea. What's Jack's father's name? Shmuel ben Meir ben Esther. Uriah Chaim ben Miriam. Reuven Eitan ben Chava Brayna. The Rebbe says, now, remember, he's, he's gathering together a chavra. He's saying, so this is the purpose of why we're coming together. That you literally become. I'm sorry, one second. My bad, my bad. Not that. Page 36. That we did already. Sorry, page 36. My mistake. Otetvav. You'll see why I got mixed up because he starts off the same exact way. Page 36. Otetvav. Nimtza shezosi tachliseinu vetachlis chevraseinu. It seems so we see that this is the tachlis, this is the tachl, our tachlis and the tachlis of our chavura. And if you look at the page before, on the bottom of page 35, you see vezosi mesiris nefesh bekriachma. He's the ski saying. This is what we're tr- driving, this is what we're striving towards regarding the mysterious nefesh that it has to have during Kriyat Shema. So he says over here in Otet Vav, which seems that this is the tachlis of, and our tachlis of our chavra, l'shachlel et ha-machshava, keeps on going back to this word, shichlul. In Hebrew, what does shichlul mean? The development. Zikuch is refining. Shichlul is the development. To develop the thought. Now, what else has he used regarding to do something with the thought? What else has he used before? What other word has he used? Lechazek et ha-machshava. He's also talked about strengthening the machshava as well. He's talking about developing the machshava, development, thought development. Lechachlel et ha-machshava to have it emerge, uleharchiva, widen it, and to strengthen it. He's using all the words in here. He's really bringing us to a place of refinement of mindfulness. It's whatever, what all the new Guru Lach today, all the Rebbe Lach and the mindfulness world are talking about, he's talking about this as clear as, as, clear as he can. He writes here, not just the revelation of what you're thinking about is what we're speaking about. He's saying what we want to reveal is what your soul is all about. So what, 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 what should be one of the questions on what the Rebbe is saying? Then why are you talking about thoughts? If, you're, if you want to reveal the soul, what should we be, talk, we, we, we be referring to all the time? Well, if you want to reveal the soul, right? Then what avenue do you, would you usually think that a person should try to go through? Through your heart. Yeah. And what has he been talking about the whole time? Machshava, 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 machshava. Why is that? Mamish. 
The thoughts cl- cluster up anything that's actually really happening over here. So he could say, okay, connect to your heart, but what does that mean if you have no idea how to empower, purify, refine, and strengthen the world of thought? It doesn't, it doesn't mean anything. It's nice words, but that's not really there. It doesn't really do anything with it. And the Rebbe is saying, we know you're going to be thinking all day long. We know you're going to be lost in your thought. Just think about how excited we were to open this Sefer 15 minutes ago and how many foreign thoughts have come into our thoughts, into our mind, in the last 15 minutes. Crazy. He's saying that's the art of being aware, of checking in, of, of just understanding and, and observing. that. Like, What was Hashkata all about? What was the first Shlav of Hashkata? Habata, which meant to observe your thoughts. Don't do anything with it yet. Just see how it messes, it messes with you. Right? That was the first step. That's why I'm I'm, I'm blown away how Hashkata was so perfect time what we were doing. So we're saying over here, What we're really doing is revealing the neshama. We're revealing the, the soul. It might be the lower level of the soul, like nefesh is the lowest level of the soul, right? There's nefesh, ruach, neshama, chaya, yechida. Nefesh is the lowest level of the soul, which I had to, I had a very uh, interesting encounter with nefesh last week, aspect of nefesh. I went with my cousin in Buenos Aires. We landed. My brother landed an hour after me. We went right to the cemetery where my uncle was buried. It was his yard site in Sochastara. And um, I probably won't be able to go there in the next few years because they'll probably fill up that area with graves where I was able to walk through. Mm. But I was talking to my, my, my cousin, who you'll all meet. He's coming here this Shabbos, my first cousin, one that brought my brother and I there. And um, with this, this explaining to him like about the... He says, I don't really feel anything by the kever. He feels his father everywhere. Mm. I said, for sure, that's it. So the only reason why we have, we're giving any chashivut, any importance to the connection of the soul by the kever is because the lowest level of soul, which is nefesh, is always, hover, always hovers over the physical body, even after he dies, even after a person dies. What about decomposition? Is it still there then, after they decompose? I haven't checked. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And, and these are things that we don't even just, this, is, this, is the, this is the stuff that we, don't, we never even get into because I would like to believe that everyone's there's no decomposition, you know what I mean? Like we don't even go there but in terms of the body, the bo- I guess the bones the bones are always there after a body decomposes, correct? even if it starts to rot a little bit there's some, yeah, but there's some physical element that's always there that always hovers over the body the lowest level of, of, of neshama which is nefesh that's always there it's amazing, you got to travel like 20 hours to Argentina to, to, to feel that, you know, that awareness. But it's good hachana for those of us that are going on our trip in, in, uh, in, in a few weeks. Hint, hint to all those who haven't booked their tickets yet. This nefesh, nefesh concept is always there. The nefesh is always there. So he says here, we're trying to do gilui ha-nefesh, the revelation of the nefesh. Gilui, look at the end of the third line. I found these words to be very powerful. Gilui v'shlitata al haguf, to reveal it, the soul, and to have it sholet, to have it control the body, as opposed to how we usually live, which is the body 
literally governs over the soul. Now, interestingly enough, is machshava part of the body? What do you think, Avi? Yeah, based on your feelings, if you're nervous, if you're happy, if you're sad. So why is that part? It stems from the body, from a physicality? I think so, because it's your interactions with your daily life. But but I'm looking at I'm asking something something about more more inside your body. Where where do where do the where's the root of thought? It's from a physical thing in your body. You feel. No no not feel yeah. not feel, think, thought feel is something else thinking. Well, your thought comes from your interactions, your daily. Right, but what gets triggered in your body regarding the world of thought? How you react to it. But, but is it the brain that gets triggered? The br- I mean, it's, it stems from something physical in your body. I don't think you can, you can explain what happens, what transpires after, right. when a thought has happened. You can say it goes from this part of your brain, right. you find it in like functional MRIs, but we still do not have an explanation of how the thought emerges. Right, right. That, no. But how we, obviously, right, how the responsiveness, you know, continues. And that we could see, we could, we could show that, Mamish, like you're saying. You could, you could see it today, how the brain is triggered, what happens to it, messages it sends with Chule. And what is the Rebbe speaking about here? We're going to go above that. Well, well, the point of this Chavra is to just say we are done with letting our thoughts, which lead to the negative emotions that stem from it, control us. We're just done with it. We're going to create good thoughts. And we're going to learn how to harp on the good thoughts. We're going to learn how to strengthen our good thoughts. We're going to learn how to develop the power of thinking for it to be an aid as opposed to be a, a malik in our lives. Right? It sounds, it sounds amazing. Fourth line. Asher im If you're consistent <coughs> With hashkata, okay? Basically, that's what he's saying. If you're consistent with what we were learning, you're going to ascend to places you never dreamed of, you never even thought of. You never knew they existed, and you never imagined that you could be, like, you know, when we say in Shmonasim, I always think about that. Put our, make our place with those people who, those that we can't even imagine we could ever share a tish with. That's what the, that's what the PSS is saying over here. What is sha'arta? Le sha'er means to, uh, I don't even uh, speculate, assume. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Didn't even, you never, it was never part of your option, of what you, what you allowed yourself to go in your mind. Kind of like how I feel with you guys, honestly. I never, like, I never imagined that we would be able to learn so much in what we're learning. It wasn't, it wasn't part of my, like, oh, Dad, this, we should try this. This will be cool. <laughs> you know? Really, it, it was mamish, lo shi'arti, lo kiviti, the things. Sometimes we don't hope for certain things to ever become true because it's too painful if it doesn't. But sometimes you don't even allow yourself to dream because you can't imagine that you could have that with people. It's not something you ever imagine. Okay. 
ומושכת את כל גופו אחריה אל מרום קצה וקנה. What lacks from a person? What's missing from a person at the time that his soul goes into his head? Mamish, your soul itself gets lost and warped in your mind, in your thought process. ומושכת את כל גופו אחריה אל מרום קצה וקנה. And it, 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 it basically drags all, the, all of you into that place. And you're walking around and you have no idea what you're feeling, what you're thinking. It's because you're completely, you've become swallowed up by Olam HaMachshava in a very bad way, in a very negative way. Yeah, Why? Saying, I thought you were saying, like, now you have control over your mind, so your nefesh can come in it, and then your soul's in there, and then you're going, and that's why it says, Absolutely, you're right. My bad. My bad. He's describing the opposite of what happens to what usually happens to us. Very good. Sorry about that. That everything follows that place of where, you're, where you have that makom shaket in your mind to now do whatever you want to do with the empowering of, of, of certain thoughts. Thank you so much. What's the whole purpose? Our, whole, our, our purpose here isn't to become meditators, he's saying. It's not the purpose. That's just a means, right? Our purpose is to, to reveal our souls. So therefore, you have to, we have to look at your behavior in all areas and aspects of life. And ask yourself all the time, is this setting a setting that allows my nefesh to be revealed? That's the Musar of today. Check in with yourself. How is this setting? And, 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 the, and the key here is don't kid yourself. Don't kid yourself. It's a very hard thing because you could kid yourself in, all the time. Sure, part of my nefesh becomes revealed in this way. Really? Really? So the settings, the settings, where you're at, he's saying we have to make, we have to really check out and see throughout the whole day, where are we? What, what are we tuning into? What, where are we, where is our nefesh becoming revealed? And when, where, what are the settings that are really, really not allowing my soul to be revealed? What would be a good trick for this? What do you think? The same type that you're, you couldn't even imagine hanging out with, that you're hoping to put your chilek with. Would you, would they... And they saw you in that setting. Uh, what do you think about that? I don't know. It's a tricky... It's, it's a tricky... Like, do you hear what he's saying? Do you hear what Toby's saying? I mean, maybe I'm not misunderstanding you, but... Uh, so you're, if your tzaddik walked into the room at that moment, and, he, and, you're, and you're like, but I... And you're like, yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah, I probably shouldn't have been here. Rabbi said it like this. He said, he said, can you imagine, like, yeah, part of you says, part of me is just a jokester, so can you imagine telling, not a dirty joke, but like a, like a stupid joke, right? And then can you imagine still saying it if the Baal Tov walked into the room? That's, that's, how, that's a little bit of like a, a test of like, you know, not just that you're a good boy, you're a bad boy, but is this a setting for your nefesh to be revealed in the world? Good shayla. The settings. So, lachen tzrichim anu litneg b'chol inyaneinu hanagot shemesaglot et hanefesh litgalot u'lehishamer min advarim shemarchikim ota and to guard ourselves from things which distance ourselves from the revelation of our souls. 
Sherba'adam. These are very harsh words. What does it do? Certain settings. Mazal lehatminota. You know hatmana? You've heard of hatmana regarding Shabbos, right? So what's hatmana lehatmin? Yeah, like you usually use that concept with a lehatmin bachol, to bury in the sand, right? So he's saying, there are settings where it's not just that your nefesh isn't revealed, but what is it really doing? You've just buried you. You've just buried your soul. He says over here, you know that word, what's the first time we see that word in the world? Choshech al pnei tehom, yeah. The abyss. Tehom rabah. What's Yeah, nekev. Chala, like a, a nekev. There's like, it, there's a puncture. That's really what it is. It's a puncture, I think. A nekev bare'ah, they say. Like there's a puncture in you. You're around a setting or people or friends or even it could be in a shul that's disguised as what's good and holy for you. Your soul is completely, completely not... Rev- I was recently in a shul somewhere. Don't ask me. Please don't ask me where. I'm begging you. And um, I saw that I became a judge really easy. And then I said, you know what? I'm just... I'm not going to be a judge here. And then they asked me what I thought about the Yankees during Kriya Satara. <laughs> and at that moment, then I, re- I realized my... What, 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 what is like the... Chassid and me say, oh, answer them. It's part of the Fabringen. Don't make them feel bad, right? But inside of me, like, what, 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 what's going on? I was like, wait a second. Wait a second. This, uh, there's no way any part of me is really... It's so easy to fall into that. I don't want to make him feel uncomfortable, so i got to join the conversation. We already have a shita in the shul when someone comes to you in shul while they're talking, right? You, you say, right? And you, and you hug them really hard, and, and then you go, right? Right? <laughs> Meaning, I, I'm not going to, God forbid, make you feel low for talking during shul. But there's no way my nefesh can become revealed if I actually continue a conversation with you in shul either. Anyway, he's speaking about, he's speaking about both sides of the coin here. That A, not, just as not only is your soul not revealed, that's a high level. When you realize, wait a second, my, my soul's not manifesting here. We're talking about the lower level, which is that it also gets covered up and swallowed and you have no access to your heart because the world of thought has completely penetrated and, and taken over you in a very negative way. But there, that's two levels. One is that bad things happen to me and my soul gets buried. One is that my soul's not buried, but, but it's also not shining. The Rebbe is saying we're not compromising on either. Obviously, the first thing we said is worse, but why be okay with not being buried? How about like, you know, <laughs> why be okay with just not being buried? Like, why not, why not not be okay with when your soul is not being revealed to yourself? Well, it goes back to the beginning that in the king's palace, you want to be right. Bro. You want to be right there. Very good. You don't want to be such a, yeah. we're surrounded by. Uh, <laughs> it's good. It's a long time ago we learned that. We're surrounded by a world that says, oh, you're being a purist, an idealist. Right. Come on, let's right. talk. Real. Let's talk real. Mm-hmm. Let's talk real. This is, I, I, we have a minute, so I don't want to get into this really, but in the first piece of this Chabura can't be, have an air of exclusivity. How do you, how do you balance this? Because the world is not filled with idealists. So anybody who, who hears this learning and sees a, it's a good question. grabbing It's a good question. Like you said in the beginning, it's, it's a, uh, not exclusionary, but, but 
it is selective. Not, it's not everybody. There's a list of qualifications. Not, but I think that but the, he's clear, but yet we would still never kick someone out. So what is the balance? So I think that he believes in the power of a chavra being loyal and faithful to what they're learning, that it'll sift through, that a person won't, at a certain point, that lethargic or cynical voice, it, it'll just die out. Either it'll die on the person, or the person will say, this is just not for me. Well, it's, it's, not, it's enough that, and you were speaking about this uh, a few weeks ago, it's enough that you have strength when you see other people who are working on the same ideals and they're not embarrassed yeah. about it, they're trying to be you know, authentic all the time, but when you go out and you see them, it's not authentic, you come back here and you're like, thank God I have a safe space here, and, and so I can really develop. The question, I, I'll take your question to another state, because the Chabuwa is one thing, you in your teva. But what about when you're outside of the teva? Or what if, what if this is where you need to be? Or your your family situation is such that, or your, your cousins, you know, you're I have, a, I, have a, I have a perfect title for you. Whoever wants to receive what I'm going to email Josh, it's an answer to your question based on Rav Cook on Noach. Mamish. Whoever doesn't want it. Say me na teva. I'm going I'm to email to the list. Say me na teva. The whole thing I learned the Shabbos on Noach, it's in English. Rav Kook explains, so how, okay, you go into the Teva, the Chabura, right? It's, okay, but Semina Teva, now you got to test the waters. You send the dove, you see what's going on. How do you send the dove? How do you check to see if the land is dry? Rav Kook basically explains how Noah's whole uh, relationship to the world post the flood is the way for any spiritual seeker to relate to the world after their enlightenment, which I think is perfect for what we're trying to figure out. How do you, you know, how do you step out of the shul after learning the PSS thing? Right? Yeah. Yeah. All right, I'll, I'll send it out. I'll send it out. Yeshua Koch, everyone. Yeah.